for example, signing documents. That's something that's changed quite a bit, that technology there. Like literally two, three years ago, you would have clients coming into your office or you'd go to them and you'd have them personally sign documents or your assistant or yourself would send it out to them. Now, if you're still doing that, you're probably not getting as much business as your neighbor who's not. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's, and you're probably not listening to this podcast. I mean, I hope you are, but um, the, <laughs> sure. the you, you don't want to get left behind. Well, hello, hello, everyone listening near and afar. Welcome back. This is now episode four. We made it to episode four, which uh, <laughs> you giggled there. So I don't know if you didn't think we'd make it this far, <laughs> but uh, we did. And here we are. And uh, really excited to get right into it here. We've got a lot to talk about. It's a pretty exciting topic. How's your week been, Mass? You've been uh, staying busy or? Yeah, it's been phenomenal. Actually, <laughs> You always say that. Yeah, I know. I even if I'm lying, I say that. So when you yeah. say phenomenal, I know it's maybe actually not that good of a week. Yeah. It's like <laughs> telling yourself start. to, I should mix it up a little bit because we've <laughs> known each other too long. But no, it, it's been good. And honestly, I look forward to this podcast. It's It's been a lot of fun, a lot of learns. And uh, I giggled because I, I, not that I was surprised we would make it here. It's just like, it's it's kind of cool to hear that we're at four and, and we're only going to turn this up. Uh, we're getting some good feedback. I think Tom mentioned last episode we had, we had someone recognize him from this or say that he that he she she yes she yes she uh, um, listened so hopefully we get more of that and uh, yeah let's get into it so well yeah so this is something you know someone said to me last week I was actually in Calgary I did one of those crazy things where I flew in like one day and flew out twenty four hours later so that aside uh, I was at this conference and, and someone came up to me and they said this phrase and at the time. I didn't think much about it, but then thought more and more about it. I know it's something that me and you have talked a lot at length about, and I thought it would be worthwhile to discuss here. And so what that phrase was, what really was a, yeah, it was more of a phrase, I guess, is a bro came up to me. They've been using, working with us for a while, using Blue Mortgage for a while. And they said, hey, I just really want to start working with you guys a little bit more. And the phrase was, you know, my job is a mortgage broker. I should be focused on brokering and not technology. That's the phrase there. And, you know, that can go a lot of different ways. Like I said, at first, at first glance, okay, you know, what do we make of this? Tough to say, but let's dive into it a little bit more. So for starters, Mass, I guess, you know, is that something you hear too? I think it is, but any other kind of maybe different context to hear that or what's your, what's your gut reaction when you hear that? Yeah. I mean, I have heard it and I get why I hear it. I mean, sometimes it's because of fear. Sometimes it's because of lack of trying or whatever it may be, but it's, people don't necessarily associate technology with their profession. And sometimes that's a dangerous assumption. The reality is, and I think it's probably obvious, is technology is just about in every profession. Like, I don't think you could name one that there isn't. So by saying that uh, you're a mortgage broker and you should focus on that, not technology, is kind of a broken statement because you have to focus on technology. Like, think of where all your deals go through Phylogics or Velocity. That's technology. Right. How you send an email, that's technology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, so, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I get why. It's because I think what people are trying to say is I'm focused on finding the best rate or the best solution for my client to get into a home. But technology is a big part of that. You shouldn't disassociate. But I do hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I think we hear it. I think you're right. It's like, okay, you know, back in the, I don't know, back you go, 80s, I don't know, internet was was high tech. And, you know, anyone is like, oh, no, I'm a mortgage broker. You know, I'm only going to deal with faxes, that and anything that's going to come and go. 
you know, I'm, I'm going to stay what I'm good at doing paper applications, mailing them in or faxing them in. Well, well, that didn't maybe work out for those people, right? Since, since how much, of course, the internet is used today. But, you know, taking the other end of it, building a whole website is that's kind of technology, I would say. And I don't know if that does make sense for a mortgage work to actually go out and build their website. And, you know, I think it doesn't just apply to tech too, right? I think it also applies to things like accounting or, or law. If you need to get some whatever contracts written up for you or whatever it is, there are some maybe things that do make sense to outsource, right? Those types of things. I mean, and so do you agree with that? And I guess the question then becomes how and where do you start drawing that line, right? In the sand. Yeah. I mean, I think most people that listen to this know we run a business. Uh, we deal with this problem too. It's not a mortgage broker specific thing. I mean, there are cases that you should outsource and probably the the litmus test or the line in the sand is, is it a, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like a functional aspect of your business. Like mission critical. Yeah, mission maybe. critical. Okay, yeah. yeah. So sure. like if it's something like that, it should be insourced or you should do it or someone on your team. If it's not, some examples, I mean, like, I don't know, sending gifts, sending cards, any of those type of relationship features, maybe that's not business essential. Like, for example, if you're sending Christmas cards or just cards when a when a deal closes. If that person stopped for whatever reason or went on holidays or missed a couple of weeks, your business wouldn't go under, right? Sure. And so those are the types of things like if it's not business essential or a core function, you should definitely start thinking about outsourcing and that kind of alleviates you having to know everything per se um, or do everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good way to start thinking about, okay, what is you know mission critical? Couple, I guess, continuing down that line of thinking, it's like, okay, another way to think about it is like, yeah, what happens if that person quits? So for us in our business, well, we work with a lawyer in some cases, you know, writing up contracts or, or different agreements that we need. You know, what happens? With, and actually, it has happened to us where a lawyer has has stopped working or has gone on vacation. You know, what happens to the business? And so that was a litmus test that we used. And I think because of that, now where we're at is we don't do it all. We still don't write the contracts. We still don't do everything that a lawyer would do. But now we're just a little bit more savvy about it, right? Where, as I like to use kind of the phrase of, hey, we're just a little bit more dangerous when it comes to these types of things. And so I think that's that's exactly it of saying, okay, so maybe that's a, a second category or a third category. So we've talked about, you know, building a whole website, you know, that's kind of outsource. Using an email, that's probably something you should insource yeah. to yourself. <laughs> yeah. But now we've kind of defined maybe this this middle category, kind of like that lawyer or maybe even like bookkeeping your accountant. It's like you don't have to understand all, the, every part of the tax code. That's not your job, but you want to be dangerous because what if your accountant goes on vacation right at the time you get audited by the CRA? Yeah. Or or just even screws up. Or screws <laughs> up. Yeah. Or the yeah. lawyer writes something in the clauses that you don't know about and now you're in court and you're whatever, right? So, yeah. I mean, if it does affect your business in some way or could down the road, you should have your hand on it in some way or at least know what's going on. We're not saying that you have to write the contracts because that's not your profession, but you should know and look at and be in as much communication as, as possible with these third parties. That That's really important. So I guess kind of taking a step back out of that phrase, I kind of started with, hey, I'm a mortgage broker. My job is to broker, not tech. I think what we've kind of established and we can kind of go off from here now is, okay, coming out of that, that leaves us with kind of these three types of categories. So there's, let's call it category one. We're going to call that the own it category, which is, hey, this is something that you're doing. 
Category two is, let's call it the dangerous category. I don't know where you're not going to have to do 100% of it, probably shouldn't, but it is pretty important to your business. So you should at least kind of know what's going on. And then the third category is, it's called that outsource category where kind of like the example you gave of the Christmas cards, right? Where you can give that to someone if that person- For holiday cards, we should say. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. Holiday cards. Um, you know, if you do that and that person gets hit by a bus tomorrow, excuse the the crude analogy there, but uh, <laughs> if it did happen, you know, you'd be okay. So we kind of have, I guess, coming out of that phrase, we've kind of established this framework of three categories. So almost think of them as as three buckets. And I think for anybody in their business with these three buckets now, now it's about, okay, how do we fill these different buckets? So now I have a three buckets on one side and I have a long list of all the things that I would ever want to do as a mortgage broker on the other side. How do I start filling each of those different buckets? So maybe starting with the, you know, you gave the holiday card example, maybe start with that third bucket outsource. How do you think about that? Yeah. So probably a good way to think about that is maybe seasonal isn't the right word, but it's something occasional that needs to happen, maybe not every day. Right. You don't need to personally put brain power into for it to happen. So these are things like cards or maybe even just letters in general, things of that nature. I mean, so basically the framework you should have there is if you're not touching it a lot, if it's not business essential and it's repetitive work, mm. that can be outsourced. So those are a couple little bullets I think you can have in your head where you could start thinking, okay, let's outsource that. Yeah. And I think just to add on to that, you know, bringing it back to the technology side of things, the outsource, I think, you know, maybe a good example could be the website, let's call it actual build, right? So going out and learning how someone actually codes it, that's actually probably not something you even need to be dangerous in. It's very occasional, very seasonal, like you said, you know, that can just be given to someone. But I would say the website maintenance, how it runs, make sure that there's security, that sort of thing. That's something maybe you need to be dangerous, yeah. right? And and maybe let's that's a nice simple transition over to the second bucket of that dangerous. So we've started to fill in that third bucket. Now we're in the middle bucket, which in my opinion, actually for the really high end brokers that we work with, this might be the biggest bucket. Yeah, and they're really good at this. Yeah, so and they put, really, yeah. they put a lot in this bucket. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that bucket and you know why should website maintenance be in this middle bucket as an example? Yeah, I mean. There's a couple of reasons, probably the first one that comes to mind is like risk mitigation, I guess. Fancy word, I guess. <laughs> but basically like, I mean, you talked about it, right? Like, let's say something's going wrong with your website. You don't want to be held hostage for, or just have to wait a long time to have something fixed. So mm-hmm. you should be dangerous in the sense of, you know, how to navigate it. You know how to maybe change a page, update some text, maybe rebuy the SSL exactly. certificate or whatever. Yeah. Log on to GoDaddy and just, you know, where to click, you know making sure that that's at least figured out. And I think for that middle bucket, to put a definition around it, it's anything that is mission critical. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe there are some people listening and saying, I don't even have a website. Then then maybe website maintenance isn't in that bucket. But anybody who uses their website as any part of their business, maybe a landing page, maybe lead generation, then that maintenance needs to be there. I don't think it's something you need to insource, but it's something you need to be dangerous in. So if anything does happen. So I'd say the middle bucket is, yes, something that you're probably touching maybe once a month, something that is mission critical. And I think that goes into it. And to bring it back again to technology, some other ways people think about it. I do think something like a 
CRM, obviously that's something that we work a lot with for some people at least. A CRM, if it's something for you just to send out, let's call it renewal reminders or happy birthdays, if that's how you're using your CRM, then maybe that falls in the middle bucket. And we see that a lot with with the people we work with. But I would say there's another way we see people using CRM, which is kind of the engine of their business, right? Where it becomes the dashboard, every single deal is there, and every step in their customer journey is orchestrated through that CRM. And if that's you, and if that's how you're thinking about your CRM, or you'd at least like to use your CRM, then I think that naturally then falls into the final bucket there, which is which is the owner bucket. Yeah. I mean, why don't you you just keep going on this? Sure. Talk. You're you're good at this own it one. Um, uh, <laughs> literally in the business. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I own too much. I don't know. But uh, yeah. And honestly, I guess just to continue that thought, it's it's really those types. I'd say kind of two categories, right? One would be if you're touching it every week. Let's say as a as a as a benchmark, you maybe need to own it. But I think more importantly. If it's something that you actually view as a way that you differentiate your business, and you know we've talked at length in, in different mediums about you know picking your niche or picking how you differentiate, and there's a thousand different ways you can differentiate as a broker. Let's not go into all of them right now, but if you do differentiate in a certain way, then you need to own that because that's what's going to set you out in the marketplace, and that's going to allow you to have continued success. And just to give a very simple example, we know a lot of brokers. To, they differentiate. They're they're amazing at social media, right? So they, you know, they do posts almost every day. It's wonderfully edited. It's yeah, highly relevant, yeah. very valid, and they have thousands and thousands of followers. And people are reaching out to them just for advice and different things like that. And these are, and I say top brokers. I'm talking like top five in Canada. And I know this broker, and he owns it, right? He says, okay, for some people out there, social media is just, hey, I'll post once a month. But for him, it's the recipe for his success. So his hands are in there and he's doing that. And I think that's how you can really figure out, or that's maybe the best litmus, litmus test for that own it side. What would you say, I guess, maybe if you can give maybe one or two other examples of that, hey, this is how this broker differentiates and this is how they quote unquote own it. Do you have other kind of example? I use the social media one. Yeah. I mean, the the other one is probably, I guess, the personalization or the touch they have with clients okay. uh, via email or text message or whatever. So this kind of comes down to automations. We know a lot of brokers that uh, I specifically work with a few of them that really drilling down onto what their specific clientele want to know about at a certain point in the process. And then they build all kinds of automations based off of that. And these brokers actually know all the automations. They've documented all of them. They'll actually go in and tweak it. And so that's something where some brokers differentiate as well is just the the touch points and the content they give in the emails. Because at the end of the day, this is a big debt for your clients. And a lot of the brokers will step out and kind of differentiate in that way. So that's definitely one that comes to mind. Um, yeah, I think I know those types of brokers. Like I've literally seen them where, okay, how each touch point needs to be special, almost, right? And yeah. that's how they differentiate. And I've seen these people, they literally have Google Docs yeah. of hundreds and hundreds of templates where, and it's like, hey, if it's a first time home buyer and they just got pre-approved, it's this very specific template. And they look at it and they update it constantly, like, right? Months, that, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And, and they're- and they know where all the yeah. templates are. It's kind of scary, but they, they're owning it, right? So right. it makes sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so I guess taking 
now again looking at our buckets. So we've kind of had these these criteria. We filled these buckets based on those criteria. So are we good now? Right. So we've kind of done this exercise, or can we just kind of put our feet up and and say, hey, you know what? We figured this out. Let's let's mail it in now. Or or is this something? And this is kind of a leading the witness type question. I think I think you know where this is going. Is this something that you need to be looking at constantly? Right. Reevaluating these buckets. Totally. I mean, the nature of this. I mean, and yeah, you you definitely are leading there. That <laughs> lead and probably people understand this, but things adapt, especially technology. Right. Yeah. And so. These buckets, I uh, don't think you're going to set these and then come back in 10 years. You should be looking at these probably monthly or at least quarterly, seeing where things change because your business is changing too, right? And your borrower's needs or wants are changing. And I mean, this is a bit of a, a tangent a little bit, but just thinking about that original line, like I'm a mortgage broker, I don't need to know about technology. Well, your clients care about technology, right? And so, mm-hmm. and the other way to frame it in your head is, by investing time and effort into technology, it will make your mortgage brokering life easier. Like technology is not designed to make things hard. Good technology makes things easier, right? And so that's another framework to kind of just like a tidbit to think about when you're going into this. I know we've talked about more than just technology today, but um, don't be scared of these things. Think about it as this should make my life easier. And at the end of the day, make me more money and give me more clients and make my clients happy, right? So, yeah. but yeah, definitely look at this constantly. I mean, I, I, I think you talked to me ahead of time about some examples you, you've come up with or, or found. I mean, things change. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, things, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess just like, you know, just to expand on your point and then maybe even go into some examples. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there's something you looked at three years ago and you're like, oh, that's just a fancy object that does, has no real world application. Well, maybe today it does. Right. And, you know, maybe there was something Five years ago, he said, this is so hard. I could never wrap my head around it, whatever. But today, you know, these advances that have happened in this field or in this particular domain are so much that anybody could just pick it up and, and run with it. And so, yeah, that, that constant reevaluation needs to happen. And, you know, it, you shouldn't be writing things off as just too hard or too difficult because because of this change. And yeah, I mean, a couple examples. I used the one at the beginning, which I think is always a funny one, which is the fax to email. Right. There was a time where people were using were using fax exclusively to actually submit their mortgage applications to to lenders. That evolved to to emails and then systems like Phylogics and Velocity and Finmo and that sort of thing. You know, but there probably was a time where email was harder than fax, right? When internet speeds were slow, when it was very difficult, you didn't know where to click to actually open it, to compose an email was weird. And what do I put in this subject line? And how does that work? What's their email address? I have a phone number. At that time, making the transition from fax to email, email was really, really tough. And so, but if you were that person who stayed on fax, well, we know how that probably went for you. Well, even more recently, for example, signing documents, that's something that's changed quite a bit, that technology there, like literally two, three years ago, you would have clients coming into your office or you'd go to them and you'd have them personally sign documents or your assistant or yourself would send it out to them. Now, if you're still doing that, you're probably not getting as much business as your neighbor who's not, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, and you're probably not listening to this podcast. I mean, I hope you are, but um, the, the, you you don't want to get left behind, right? And so you should always be curious with these things. You don't have to necessarily be completely dangerous on everything as we've talked about, but you should be curious and start looking at these things and not be scared of, or you will get left behind. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And I mean, just to bringing it back to the buckets with the E sign, 
you know, maybe three years ago, that landed in bucket three for you, where it's like, hey, this east side thing, it's kind of fancy, it's kind of cool, but I just have a virtual assistant. Yeah. They send it over. If it messes up, well, that's okay because I don't care because they're just going to be coming to my office anyways next week and I can figure it out. Whereas today, that's your only option. And that's, you're saying about customers like technology, that's what people are expecting now. That kind of moves it from bucket three to at least bucket two, right? So that's that's just a very simple how how these these buckets evolve. So I guess just to wrap things up, Maso, you know, we started with this line of, I'm a mortgage broker. I don't need to focus on text. We went into the three buckets, how to kind of do it. And then just kind of reminding with some examples how these these buckets, especially with technology, constantly need to be reevaluated. I guess any kind of final thoughts to to wrap up? I think just reiterating what we said at a high level, it's like, don't be don't be scared of this stuff. It's made to help you, right? At the end of the day, all these technologies are made to provide value. Go into your buckets with a clear head, put everything in the right bucket, and just honestly jump in. A lot of these technologies want to help you, including ours. And so be curious and don't get left behind, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't leave things in bucket three for too long. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so... All right. Well, thanks again for everyone who's listening. Your viewership is very much appreciated. So thank you. If you have any comments, please leave them for us. We're still waiting for our first comment, actually. So maybe you're the lucky winner, lucky listener. I don't know if we have a prize. I'm not going to commit to anything here, but leave some comments for us. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some interaction on what we should talk about, what you like, what you don't like. But in any case, thanks again for listening. Have a great one.